Hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Um, Mark, we're taping this on Sunday afternoon and we just had four amazing weekend services. What are your reflections on the services this weekend? Well, I, the story of the Samaritan woman, that's the name we give to her because we don't know her name. Uh, we, we used to name Samantha just to be close to Samaritan. But it's such a big story uh, and it is my favorite Bible story. It's a big story that you can't just have one sermon and cover everything that you want to cover in the story of the Samaritan woman. But I, to me, the beauty of this story is this is a woman who felt like she was at the end, and yet what she discovered by the grace of God through Jesus, that she was at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I love to think about what happened after this. Mm -hmm. We know that she went and told everybody in the town to come, and that uh, Jesus uh, ministered to them. And one thing that we rarely talk about in the story of the Samaritan woman is they, the people in Samaria asked Jesus to stay. Right. And he stayed there two days. And I think about how wonderful those two days must have been. And what a catalyst this woman would have been. As I talked about, at least in some of the services this weekend, we know that there was a revival that happened early in the story of the church in the book of Acts. The revival was in Samaria. And it was very powerful. And of course, uh, Jesus had said to his disciples before he left, you know, you'll be witnesses to me in Judea, uh, in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Right. And you know, one thing that's exciting to me is we're watching God change lives dramatically, just like he did the Samaritan woman. And the results from that is that that ripple effect goes out with that person's family and their circle, their community. And God is at work, even today, just as he was then. You know, we continue to hear stories of people, uh, either that we've met through New Spring or through other relationships. We continue to hear stories about people who uh, had someone in their lives that they felt like it was just impossible to reach them. And there's, there's so many ways in which God interacts with those people. And it's always wonderful to hear the stories of, well, I, I didn't think my son was ever going to turn around or I didn't think this person would ever be saved. And yet... God has clearly shown up in their lives. And so I just think we never want to underestimate the power of God to do what he did in the story of the Samaritan woman. Now, of course, mm -hmm. Jesus is not physically among us, but he uses our hands, our voice, mm -hmm. uh, to, to reach people. And obviously we see that at New Spring every week. Yes, so um, one of the lessons in that is never give up. Never give up, and no one's too far gone. That's right. For Jesus, I mean, That's right. as long as there's breath, there's still, there's still room for Jesus to work in their lives, and, and thankfully, He loves them. And I think for me, one of the points that I don't, I don't know that I ever preached successfully this last weekend was just stressing how that Jesus felt like He had to get to mm. her. You mm. know, there was something within the heart of Jesus that had to make that trip, and I think it's so true in our lives that the Lord had to get to us, mm. and I just the love of God that He would pursue sinners. Yes. And uh, we, we just need to keep praying for all those that are in our lives and um, just watching God work in response to His will and, and that, that um, a tenacious love as He pursues those that He's rescuing. I do think there's a practical point that I kind of talked about briefly in the sermon that I personally want to think about, and that is that Jesus did not argue with people. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's my debate background or what, but I, if I'm not careful, I find myself inclined to, to argue. And it's just wise to remember 
people are not going to come to Jesus because we argue them. Yeah. They're going to come to Jesus because they see Jesus and right. uh, and they experience uh, his, his summoning in their lives. Miralis, you know, I've talked about this so many times. The most powerful thing that we can share other than the gospel itself is our story. Our story. Our story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I, I want to remind myself of what I was preaching. Mm-hmm. That Jesus didn't argue with people. Yeah. He just continued to share with them the good news of salvation. And as you mentioned, that her introducing an argument was a distraction. Mm-hmm. It really was a distraction. And so we don't, like you said, we don't win yeah. anybody by winning an argument. I mean, there's no indication she would have been saved if Jesus had explained to them why the Jews were superior to the Samaritans in their religion or you know, if he'd gone back and talked about the reason why there was a racial divide, I mean, he could have gone off on so many different subjects, our life wouldn't have been changed. And Jesus just left those things alone mm-hmm. and kept going straight back to the good news of God's love and the offer of salvation. It's such a marvelous story and so relevant for us even today. And I hope that'll encourage your heart, whatever's going on in your life or whatever person in your life that you're still praying for God to work in circumstances and relationships to draw them to himself and uh, never give up and keep praying and, and watch God work because he will. And if you want to read this story, it's in the Gospel of John chapter 4. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a wonderful, wonderful story. It is interesting that John 3 and John 4 kind of butted up against each other because they're personal encounters that Jesus had mm-hmm. with two very different kind of people. In John 3, it's Nicodemus, who is the leading religious scholar in Israel. And <laughs> in John 4, it's the woman of Samaria who's been married five times and divorced five times and in, a, in an affair. It's like opposites. It's almost like the first person you would think God would, mm-hmm. would come to and the last person in the world. And yet, it looks like she got it quicker than Nicodemus did. Mm-hmm. So, as we reflect on that, and I hope that everyone got a chance to see or be in the service this weekend. If not, we'll have the link here on YouTube that you can watch and you don't want to miss it. It's so powerful. And I hope that'll be an encouragement to you personally and to your family this week. And as we close this morning, Mark, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Yeah, and before I pray, I'm guessing that just about everybody, if not everyone, has someone in their lives that you love who's not a believer yet. And I just want to pray, as you join me in prayer, that God will touch their lives and that they'll know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Hey, our God does the impossible every minute of every day. Father God, we come to you thankful that you've offered salvation to us. And this story of this woman just delights us, Lord. She may have been like the last person in the world, but Jesus, you had to get to her. And we're thankful that you got to us. I think we all feel like the last person in the world sometimes. But Lord, we love many people that are without Jesus. And often we don't know what to say or when to talk or when not to talk. But I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us, that we might be able to share Jesus in his love and pardon and holiness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Noah's Window. And we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. We'll see you Tuesday. God bless.